This week on Grape Encounters Radio. If Fergie would have done that in her bare feet, would she not sell more wine? Would not everybody like to sip her toes? How many of you would be willing to come back during harvest or right after harvest and would be willing to crush the grapes with your toes? Transmitting our signal to wine lovers of the world, we bring you Grape Encounters with David Wilson. Peel me a grape, crush me some ice, skin me a peach, save the fuzz for my pillow. Talk to me nice, talk to me nice, you've got to wine me. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Grape Encounters Radio. This week our Grape Encounters microphones are at the annual wine event that everybody wishes they could go to. But it's an A-list, invitation-only soiree, and if you're fortunate enough to be on the list, you're in for a night of glitz, mischief, and provocative merriment like nothing you've ever imagined. Aerial performers, cabaret dancers, bubbly pouring everywhere you turn and all spectacularly orchestrated and hosted by perhaps the most colorful figure in the wine world, Jean-Charles Boisset. Jean-Charles is the namesake of Boisset Family Estates, and this week we're at his renowned Raymond Vineyard in the Napa Valley, where Napa Gras 2016 guarantees an extraordinary time for all 700 of his guests. So, to get things going, let's welcome our first guest. And our first partygoer to join us in our Napa Gras studio is Casey Branch, one of the world's leading wine lawyers with offices on multiple continents. When you've got like six or seven hundred people drinking wine all night, you got to make sure your lawyer's there. And I met you in the throes of the party. You said, I'm a wine lawyer. And I'm thinking, you know, a little country wine lawyer from the Napa Valley. But nah, not you, quite. You've got clients, it turns out, all over the known world. Now, you realize that if people could see you right now, you'd never acquire another client in your life. Well, you're, actually, you're wearing uh, a purple feather boa. Yes, exactly. No, but, don't take it off. No, if I take the feather boa off. The feathers see, are stuck to your ear now. I know that. But, <laughs> but, you know, I am wearing a very nice blazer and very nice tuxedo pants and very nice Ferragamo shoes. So if you take the boa off, then you understand that I actually dressed for this event because last year I came in Napa Formal, which is a blue blazer and, and blue jeans and cowboy boots and came last year and felt out of place. So I had to overdress today, and so I had to put what, the and, tuxedo and look, on. And by the way, look what happened because I wasn't here last year. I was here the year before last. And then and I missed you. Was in, yeah, everybody was in tuxedos and I came fairly casual and then I thought tonight I was going to wear Central Coast casual, which is jeans and a Tommy Bahama shirt, right? Yeah, we can't do that. Well, That's not even Napa casual. No, we, uh, <laughs> you got to wear the button down and the blue blazer and the and the cowboy boots. Yeah, but have Come you, on now. But have you noticed as you walk around the party that almost everybody's in blue jeans? Nah. Well, times are changing. Last year was different. You're right. All right. So tell me this. In the wine law profession, what is the single greatest need that wineries will have of your services? What do they call on you the most for? To understand the exceptions to the rules. <laughs> Everybody, the rules are about f- four about four pages. Yeah, yeah. The exceptions to the rules are 400 pages. So, uh, translation, how far can we push the limits? Is that what that means? No, no. We actually have rules that are exceptions to the rules. We have thousands of exceptions to every rule. And, and who makes those exceptions? The California legislature. Okay, all right. 
So no one under, everybody understands the rules. They're pretty clean. Nobody understands the exceptions. <laughs> well, a little something you don't probably know about me is that my wife and I actually own a wine tasting room. Okay. And so we deal with the ABC laws every day. And we have a 42 license. Yes. But depending upon what kind of license you have, whether you're a restaurant or a tasting right. room. Right. There's or different rules. Wh- whatever. And different, more important, there are different exceptions to, to each of those rules. Like it's completely. Yes, exactly. And it's completely crazy that you could walk into most winery tasting rooms, let's say with a child. But you can't walk into our tasting room. Because oh, well, ch- it's a wine bar and therefore no one under 21 is allowed. But that word bar is really the exception to the rule because it really isn't a bar. It's a tasting room. I love my wineries, and there's lots of rules that make their life a living frustration. And there's so tell me two or three of them that you think are the most oppressive and probably the most unreasonable. Well, they took care of the direct-to-consumer shipping a lot. You can now sell wine to most consumers all over the country except for four or five states now. So we took care of that with a grant. When, when is that going to change, by the way? With the four or five states? Those last four or five states. Oh, probably a couple of years. Couple years. They'll probably come over. And all the wineries have to pay a tax and a license fee and all kinds of stuff. And that's okay. We don't mind paying that. We just want to get the ability to get there. So we, we've accomplished that. Okay. Um, Give me one or two more. What would be nice would be to do what's called direct to retail so that we can sell directly to a retailer as a California winery. And we can sell to, say, Whole Foods directly without going through the whole distribution network in a particular state like New York or Texas or something else. And we can't sell direct to retailer. We have to go through the whole three-tier or even in case of Texas, four-tier system from a distributor to a wholesaler to a retailer, finally to the consumer. And so in California, you can actually sell, if you're an O2 winery, you can sell directly to a restaurant or to a grocery store or to a 7-Eleven or any convenience store, wine store. But if you go out of state, you can't do that. You have to go through the distribution system. And that it would be nice to be able to allow the California wineries or wineries from Idaho or Oregon or Arizona or Colorado or Pennsylvania to sell directly to those retailers. We are talking to Casey Branch. He is a wine attorney. So we've got a zillion wine lovers out there who are listening to you right now. Explain to them why it is that we live in a country where we not only have this three-tier system where there's almost always a middleman, but that it's actually the law and therefore there's a person in the middle who is stepping on the price of their wine and making it incredibly expensive for consumers. And it wouldn't have to be that way if it weren't for the government telling us you got to use a distributor. Nobody well, gets it. Oh, of course they do. It's, it's very simple. It's called control. And we have a problem going way back to the 1800s, 1700s in this country where people abused alcohol. And so we had this problem. In order to control it, we said, well, let's stop alcohol altogether. And you go, well, so if we stop alcohol altogether, we'll punch it out and nobody will have a problem with it. Well, we know that failed because, of course, the mob decided that alcohol was the greatest thing to make money on since sliced bread. So they made a lot of money off this. And so they basically created what's called a vertically integrated market. So they controlled the supplier, the distributor, and the retailers. And they made sure that none of the retailers bought alcohol from any other source. So it became a very controlled system by the mob. It was very wonderful for them, very 
lucrative. And when that all failed and everybody said, well, this was a really bad idea to stop alcohol because nobody's actually going to stop drinking during this prohibition. And you know, just like nobody drove 65 or 55 during the gas crisis, right, exactly. um, it's a problem. So all of a sudden they said, well, what are we going to do? So what they did was they went back and reinvented something called the Articles of Confederation. You remember the Articles of Confederation? And so when prohibition was repealed by the 21st Amendment, it was replaced by a very states' rights-oriented 21st Amendment, which said all the states have all the rights there is with regards to alcohol. So what we ended up with was 52, 51 different states of this country ruling on alcohol. So it, and, and all making up different rules. Different rules. Different being the operative word. Everything being different. And we tried in the 70s, the Coca-Cola company actually came up with a standard set of rules that would apply to every single state in the 70s, and that all failed. So now we have this hodgepodge of rules, regulations, etc., that make it very difficult for consumers in any state to understand what consumers in different states do. I mean, in some places, California, we're lucky you can pretty much buy any kind of alcohol except between 2 and 6 in the morning, whereas other states, you have to go to a separate state store or a separate grocery store or in New York. The last time I was there, they had a separate wine and beer store inside Whole Foods, so you had to pay it separately for it. But recently, I interviewed a state senator from California, and he said that the temperance issue has really come away in California. Despite the fact that temperance was a major part of what we did in California early on, the temperance issue's really been erased, and now it's simply the distributors who are working hard to keep the wineries and things like that from using the efficient business model that they could. All right, so answer me this. Why is it that all of a sudden we're seeing this explosion of licenses being granted for people to create distilled spirits, which are certainly far more harmful to the consumer than wine would ever be. And there seems to be all of a sudden a flood of distilleries on the market, but we're seeing the greatest growth in the alcoholic beverage industry, I think, in distilled spirits like bourbon. And it makes no sense that on one hand, they're controlling wine so aggressively and on the other hand they're passing out licenses like mad is that because people are going to make it anyway they're going to buy it anyway so we might as well just give them licenses and create a revenue stream from it I don't know, but my assumption is is that the temperance is not an issue. And the temperance would be the only reason to keep these rules in effect. And the distributors, despite the fact they may lose some money on it, aren't working that hard to defeat these bills. All right, so we're going to end this. You're going to go back out on the dance floor? Yes, I am. Okay. Casey Branch, I appreciate you coming on the show and winelaw.net. That's yes. where we find exactly. more out about you? Right. Okay, awesome. All right, we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters right after this from the Napa Gras at the Raymond Vineyards here in the Napa Valley of California. When people say you're aging like fine wine, they may be implying that you're getting complex and a little fruity. This is Grape Encounters Radio. The weather is perfect. The scenery is breathtaking. The wineries are uncrowded, and the San Luis Obispo International Film Festival will be taking place March 15th through the 20th, which means there's never been more reason to live in Central Coast wine country. It's a world-class movie lover's extravaganza, featuring our best-ever lineup of feature films and shorts, special screenings, parties, and so much more. Get your full-access movie mogul pass or pick-and-choose movies to create your perfect film festival experience. And don't miss out on our King Vidor Award tribute to Anne-Margaret. 
Find all the information you need at slofilmfest.org. That's slofilmfest.org. Hello, this is Master Sommelier Ian Cobble inviting you to come out to the San Luis Obispo International Film Festival to view the new release, Psalm Into the Bottle. A lot of people ask me why Manzanita Manor's incredible Portuguese dessert wine is called Two Horse. Well, the reason behind the name is as extraordinary as the wine itself. It's because the owner and winemaker at Manzanita Manor Organics actually uses two beautiful horses to pull the plow on her farmland. When you take your very first sip of the Two Horse Vineyard's irresistible dessert wine, you'll immediately experience the winemaker's unparalleled connection to the land. It's what really makes it so good. You can purchase this exceptional wine online, as well as their purely delicious walnut oil, 100% organic heirloom walnuts, and free trade chocolate-covered walnuts. To learn more about all the Manzanita Manor Organics products, visit mmorganics.com. You can order all their walnut products there, and bottles of two horse, of course. Purchase and shipping subject to state and local regulations. Please see mmorganics.com for more information. No time were any animals harmed during the making of today's show. However, countless grapes were crushed and mutilated. This is Grape Encounters Radio with David Wilson. And we are back with Grape Encounters Radio. And now I am so pleased to introduce to you some visitors all the way from China. Yeah. Publishers. Oh, you're just jumping right in. <laughs> Sunny. Yeah, nice to meet you. Everyone. And Sunny and Nong. No, yeah. No, yes. You know what? I can't. I'm never going to speak Chinese. No problem. Speak very well. It's, 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 it's just like native Chinese. It's, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's embarrassing because you speak beautiful English. And I speak terrible Chinese. No problem. So, that's okay. So you are here at Napa Gras. Did you come here for this event, or are you out here for the Napa auction? Or both, I guess, right? Yeah. The first time being the auction, but second time being here, being okay. the Napa and, Valley. And yeah. let's let's talk about what you do, because you're with the Lux Media Group, right? Yeah, I have two magazines focused on the sommeliers in China. Okay, great. And then you two are husband and wife, right? Yeah, yes. Sorry. So how many people are actually reading your magazine now? I know there's just a tremendous number. Uh, I think it's more than 15,000 15, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're really geared toward the true wine aficionado then, right? Especially with the Sommelier magazine? Yeah, the first the Chinese Sommelier magazine. Yes, yeah, yeah, focusing yeah. on the wine professionals mm-hmm. uh, and also wine as enthusiasts. As yeah. you know, in China, more and more Chinese people getting more and more interested in wine <laughs> consumption. Cons- compared in the past, a lot of people drink liquors, the white, we call baijiu, the uh, white alcohol, yes. which is a high degree, get you drunk you know, very fast. You know, Now people are very health conscious. 
or getting more and more knowledgeable about uh, modern lifestyle are more into the wine consumption compared to other kind of spirits. So you've seen a lot of changes in China as uh, far as wine consumption is concerned. Yeah. And really in like the last 10 years, especially, yes. right? Yes, sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. What is the increase in the number of people in China that are now drinking wine, say, compared to 10 years ago? Do you have I an, think a, uh, before five years ago, I worked for the food and wine magazine because a lot of people don't know the wine and food pairing in China. But now a lot of people enjoy and prefer uh, the wine and the food pairing. Chinese is a big market, but a lot of wine lovers is very entry level. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, predominantly in China, ninety five percent of the wine sales are still the local made wine. It's not in, in not import in China. So tell me about what's going on in terms of the wineries that are being actually built in China. Yeah. And I have a little problem with the Chinese people. Yes. I got to just be <laughs> honest with you for a second because you always seem to do what we do just a little bit. Cheaper and better. Are you going to eventually be the number one wine making force on the planet? I think the wine consumption, maybe yes. Uh, but mm-hmm. wine production, making, no? probably not. Because wine production needs a lot of patience. Chinese doesn't need have patience. maybe three or five okay. years after. <laughs> Chinese cannot wait for seven years yeah. when the grape become the bigger. You know, they want, they want, they want invest the today and uh, return next year okay yeah so i think in that sense of course i mean it's changing that is the most interesting insight i I think i've ever heard but you know what once they start growing uh, the grapes and they start getting wines in the barrel eventually it's gonna gonna be caught up right yeah absolutely i mean actually about five years ago most of the uh vineyards or wineries Mm -hmm. were state owned Mm -hmm. so the quality wasn't very good Mm -hmm. and over past five years we have seen quite a few uh, private entrepreneurs uh, invested in the yeah. wine. So making gradually better wine. But in our sense, it still take years to really become the level which we think can be competitive to imported wine. But there's a saying uh, we have here in America, and that is when you do get to that point, mm-hmm. all hell's going to break loose. <laughs> do you know this term? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, it just yeah. means that once the Chinese master mm-hmm. making wine, mm-hmm. everybody's going to be in big trouble. Oh. Oh, I know, and you and you Chinese will probably figure out how to age the wine overnight because you're so impatient. Uh, adding something? No. <laughs> no. Tell me, are there some wines that are being made in China now that you feel are on par with some of the great wines that you're tasting from Bordeaux and from Napa? Are we actually seeing that now? Uh, some of the wines, actually, uh, according to the wine critics, uh, pretty uh, is getting very high quality mm-hmm. but I think compared to first class uh, the brand still lacking the time to really make it a great wine so I, I, w- I wouldn't say the Chinese the best quality wine can be competitive or comparable but, the, but to, I have seen yeah. I have seen Chinese wines doing very well in blind tastings very well indeed now when is all of this wine counterfeiting going to stop the, the, it's, it's difficult it's, it's, diffi- difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult I think it's it's issue actually not only the makers but also the consumers right once the consumer really get the, the palette, palette, the yes, palette yes. really can tell the difference 
So, and but, but until that happens, we're going to continue to see this. This is a very big problem. I think the government is actually reinforced the laws, everything. But China, as you know, it's a big country with 1.3 billion people. is a huge market. So sometimes I think it it takes time to really reinforce all the、uh, regulations and laws to eliminate the counterfeiting. I I do totally hear you. I don't want to take you from the party any yeah. longer, yeah. but I do want to ask this question: If you had the choice、mm-hmm. to choose three bottles of wine、mm-hmm. from any place in the world、mm-hmm. that I could send home with you in your luggage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. back to China,、mm-hmm. um, where would those three bottles come from?、Mm-hmm. You may choose three, and tell me what the varietals would be. That's all. I think maybe one Pinot Noir from New Zealand. One Pinot Noir from New Zealand, <laughs> or from the Russia River. Well, okay, you're <laughs> right.、Here. You're just a you're just a hop, skip, and a jump、yeah. from the Russian River. Okay, so a Pinot Noir. Yeah. And and what else? Your second bottle. Yeah, the second one maybe from Napa. Napa. Yeah, the Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet. Yeah, yeah. So I love the Harlan. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> right. Good choice. Yeah. And then the third bottle would、the、be what? Third bottle, bottle I think maybe from Burgundy. From Burgundy. Burgundy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, wonderful. And what about you, Young? Uh, for me, probably my first choice will be Napa.、Uh, I like Cab, the big body, strong Cab、uh, from Napa Valley.、Uh, my second choice probably will be Burgundy. You know the from Burgundy, you know,、okay. yeah.、Uh, Pinot Noir will be my second choice. Okay,、uh, and you get a third one. And、now. the third,、uh, I like the Argentina, the、uh, Mendoza wine,、um, Malbec. And、yeah. good, good values. Yeah, too, yes, from absolutely. Mendoza, yes, yeah. You sometimes、think? you can see the really. It's、uh, to my surprise, it's really.、Uh, Good quality and、uh, very good taste too. Okay,、yeah. well, we have a lot of listeners in China, and I just want to say, if I may, one thing to the Chinese、mm-hmm. listeners: Napa wines, California wines are terrible. They're terrible.、Already? Stop buying them. <laughs> Because you're buying all our wine, you're driving the prices up. It's getting very expensive because the Chinese are、yeah. spending so much money on wine, and you're killing us. <laughs> so、uh, no, don't drink those wines; they're just terrible. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here. When we return, we'll have aerialists, cabaret dancers, golden girls of a very different kind, and the ringmaster himself, Jean Charles Boisset, at Napa Grand 2016, coming to you from the incomparable Raymond Vineyard in the Napa Valley of California. You're having a grape encounter with David Wilson. Want to know David's very favorite products for wine lovers? You can see them at GrapeEncounters.com. GrapeEncounters.com is where you'll find a hand-picked selection of products and accessories for wine enthusiasts that you aren't likely to find most other places. The selection of must-have wine-related products is awesome. So are the low prices. We have the all-new Coravin plus accessories, gifts, wine games, collectibles, and so much more at GrapeEncounters.com. You'll love the unique wine products waiting for you at GrapeEncounters.com. Grape Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California, for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero, the gateway to good times, at visitatascadero.com. The weather is perfect. The scenery is breathtaking. The wineries are uncrowded, and the San Luis Obispo International Film Festival will be taking place March 15th through the 20th. 
which means there's never been more reason to live in Central Coast wine country. It's a world-class movie lover's extravaganza, featuring our best-ever lineup of feature films and shorts, special screenings, parties, and so much more. Get your full-access movie mogul pass or pick-and-choose movies to create your perfect film festival experience. And don't miss out on our King Vidor Award tribute to Anne Margaret. Find all the information you need at slofilmfest.org. That's slofilmfest.org. Hello, this is Master Sommelier Ian Cobble inviting you to come out to the San Luis Obispo International Film Festival to view the new release, Psalm Into the Bottle. So fine, you keep me rocking all of the time. Red, red wine, you make me feel so grand. I feel a million dollar when you're just in my hand. And now the man who once read about the evils of wine, so he gave up reading. David Wilson. Red, red wine, you make me feel so fine. Monkey packing is the fantasy. All right, we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, coming to you from Napa Gras 2016, the party brainchild of Jean-Charles Boisset, probably the most colorful winemaker in the known world. And I am so lucky that we get invited to come here every year. There is so much that goes on here. And I have with me now Nina Savant and Clara LaFrance. These can't be real names. These are stage <laughs> names, right? They are not. They are real names. Uh, okay, so let's start with you, Nina, because I recognized your face. <laughs> and I wasn't here last year, but I remember a couple of years ago, you were hanging upside down from a rope and you had champagne bottles and you were pouring for people upside down. Yeah, that was me. I um, have a hard, a hard time pouring right side up. And how does one actually learn to do that? Now, you're an aerialist? I am an aerialist. I've been doing this for six Year, six or seven years now. And this is my fourth time at Napa Gras. So pouring upside down, I, you just, it's a lot of practice, a lot of um, spilled champagne. Are, are you <laughs> from here in the Napa area, Napa, Sonoma? I actually live in Oakland now. In Oakland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there as much call for pouring champagne upside down in Oakland as there is in Napa? There's definitely a lot more call for it in Napa than there is <laughs> in Oakland. Um, but occasionally I get some events down there as well. Now, but Clara, how about you? Um, so, I don't pour champagne. You do upside not down. pour <laughs> champagne upside down. Okay. No, I do not. So what is your specialty then? I do aerial silks and tonight, I also do trapeze and tonight I had the pleasure of doing aerial globe with Nina and it All was right, the wait first a, time. Wait a second, what is, what is an aerial globe? It, the aerial globe is a custom apparatus that I had built and I kind of had it built with um, with Raymond Vineyards in mind. Really? I thought it would be great in this venue because they love to be over the top here and kind of do things in a different way from how everybody else does it. So I knew I needed something really unique. Um, okay, well, I was sp- trapped in here, <laughs> I, and I did get to experience a lot of the party tonight. In fact, I got smart this year, and I actually got around and did most everything before we started to record the party, but I missed the aerial globe. This is a contraption, it right? It is a custom aerial apparatus. That's It weighs about 85 pounds, and it breaks all the way down. It's huge. It's about a five-foot diameter, and it's built to have multiple aerial performers on it all at once. On um, it or in it? On it, in it, on 
top of it spinning underneath it. it. Is it suspended? It is. We had it suspended from the ceiling and we had our wonderful rigger with us and we got pulled up towards the ceiling way above the crowd. It was really exciting. Um, Everybody seemed to really In the big tank room, right? Yeah, in the big tank room. It was a little tight. We were a little close to the wine tanks, but it comes with the territory. So Clara, when somebody comes to you and says, okay, I had this apparatus built and I want you to climb all over it and in it and you're going to be in a tank room suspended above a bunch of drunken party revelers. Your reaction? Absolutely, yes. Let's do it. (laughs) She was actually there the first time I tried to put it together and that was a circus in its own right. (laughs) How long have you two performed together? This is actually the first time we've performed together on the Aerial Glow. Really? we've been working together for, what, three, two or three years? Yeah. Okay, so is one of you is a team leader? Would that be you, uh, Nina? Yeah, well, we're here tonight with my company, Mason Aurora, and I provide circus entertainment for special events all across the Bay Area and Napa. Um, so for tonight, yes, that is me. <laughs> so you are the Cirque du Soleil of Napa? I mean, if you want to uh, call uh, me that. No, I don't. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> What is the craziest thing either one of you have done at a winery? And I say winery because this is a wine show. Well, last year you missed it, but we You're got... going to make me feel bad, right, about <laughs> last year, right? Well, about like two days or something before we came out for the event, um, I got a call from John Charles saying that he wanted to get in the air and do what I did. <laughs> so the craziest thing I've probably done was getting Jean-Charles Boisset into the air to pour champagne up in a harness and he was spinning all around, spraying champagne all over everyone. It was a whole lot of fun. Now, seriously, what kind of letter grade would you give him for his aerial performance? Oh, I mean, he's got to get an A plus for all his energy and effort. In terms of style? I mean, okay. who do you You're know in Napa who has more style? <laughs> This is somebody who wants to be rehired next year. Right. And uh, Clara, craziest thing that you've ever done? Spitting on an aerial globe high above the crowd, <laughs> very close to some wine tanks, was probably the craziest thing I've done in a winery. So this, so this was it, huh? This was it. This was absolutely it. Now, would you be willing, either one of you, to spin above uh, open fermentation tanks and then dive from the aerial globe into the fermentation tanks full of grape juice? Um, I don't know. I'd have to check with my rig and my insurance. There's just this whole long laundry list. Well, I mean, you're both very beautiful. And I think, (laughs) Ashley, and and we should bring this up to Jean-Charles. He's going to be in here next. But we should bring it up to him because, frankly, if you were in the tank and you were immersed in the juices, I would think those wines would sell better. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting to a whole different territory. Don't you think so? (laughs) All right. Well, we don't have a lot of time here, but let me just ask you this. If you could come back next year, and I'm sure you'll be invited back next year, and you you could do any stunt or any performance of your choosing, what would it be? Well, this I is can't give away all of my secrets. Come on. It, my lips are sealed. Seriously, you're going to yeah. do that? Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. Clara? I stand behind Nina. You guys are <laughs> terrible. We plead the fifth. All right. And, and so you don't work with the no, no, the Golden Girls. I heard the Golden Girls were going to be here. I yeah. always think of Beatrice Arthur and... <laughs> And Betty White had no idea. Yeah, how did what were your was, expectations met? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it took me almost a half an hour to get my eyeballs back into their sockets. Oh look! <laughs> oh look! Who has walked into the room just now? Hey, <laughs> Jean Charles. Oui. Guess what? I asked them if they could do anything. Jean Charles has just poked his head in the door. We're going to get him on in just a second. I asked them if they could do anything here next year. What would it be? Guess what their answer was? Our lips are sealed. Oh. We can't. <laughs> 
All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here with me, and I really appreciate it. And finally, the maestro himself has come in. Normally, he comes in by himself, but this time, he comes with Entourage. Entourage, can you just uh, make a little noise for a second here? We are at Napa Gras 2016. It is the biggest party that happens in the Napa Valley, or actually any wine country for that matter. Jean-Charles Boisse, the ringleader of a three-ring circus, actually maybe even more than that. And can you explain who our guests are here tonight? Well, tonight we have first and foremost the most amazing dancers in the world. Coming originally from France and spending a lot of time in the best cabarets in Paris, tonight was just an introduction of what could be created all time. Are you envisioning having the first burlesque tasting room? Well, it would actually, be you dream. had the, you did actually did tonight. tonight. Yeah, actually, of course, actually, yes. you could see the success. People are in need of charm, are in need of talent, are in need of great dancers who could tell a story. And those ladies did the story for us in the winery between tanks. And it was a difficult environment, but they were the best winemakers of all time. So let, let me ask the ladies for a second. How often do you ladies dance at wineries or do you ever? We are exclusively only with Jean-Charles. So wow. He's our one and only. I'm honored. <laughs> Jean-Charles, you promised they would be doing a private burlesque here in this room, which well, is the look education at that. We room, have right? the whole Napa Valley map, and they're going to each embrace a valley or a hill or a mountain, and they're going to show us what they can do on top of it. This is very interesting because we are sitting in the education room, which is surrounded by uh, canisters of different soils from each of the different vineyards or areas, I think, in the region. Or are they all your vineyards, actually, yes, right? indeed, and it's well chosen because we have seven ladies with incredible personalities, so maybe they should choose their soil and then we should witness the performance on each of their terroir. If I may, I just want to explain for a second to those who do not have the privilege of watching what we're doing here because this is not television. The room is flooded with beautiful, amazing women, dancers of all kinds, and then Jean-Charles and myself and the, the photographer, and, and Dylan, that's it. Dylan. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, fifteen. And if you don't believe it, they're all gonna hoot right now. God, I think I have the second best job in the world, Jean-Charles, next to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I make radio, you make wine. So, you know what I would love to do? What would that be? Is we had the vision to create a wine that we trademark, which is called Le Cabaret Sauvignon. And it's an amazing package. The presentation is incredible. And what would be phenomenal is to have all those gorgeous ladies to help us make the wine. Yeah. So we should invite them again to do a session. It would be very in-depth. And David, you should document it. You know what? I, I never understood something. And let me just uh, say this. You know Fergie, of course, the uh, amazing performer. Yes. And she has a winery down south in the Santa sure. Ynez Valley, right? Yes. So if you go on Fergie's website, you will see pictures of Fergie stomping the grapes. And guess what, Jean-Charles? She's wearing hip waders. Mm -hmm. Now, I ask you, if Fergie would have done that in her bare feet, would she not sell more wine? For sure. Would not everybody like to sip her toes? How many of you would be willing to come back during hard harvest or right after harvest and would be willing to crush the grapes with your toes. Yes, I love it. We'll be back with much more from Napa Gras 2016, including our solid gold dancers and the maestro himself, Jean-Charles Boisset. 
Want to know David's very favorite products for wine lovers? You can see them at GrapeEncounters.com. GrapeEncounters.com is where you'll find a hand-picked selection of products and accessories for wine enthusiasts that you aren't likely to find most other places. The selection of must-have wine-related products is awesome. So are the low prices. We have the all-new Corbin plus accessories, gifts, wine games, collectibles, and so much more at GrapeEncounters.com. You'll love the unique wine products waiting for you at GrapeEncounters.com. Grape Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero, the gateway to good times, at visitatascadero.com. If you work in the wine industry or are a wine lover that spends more than $25 a bottle, you should not be without the all-new Coravin Model 2 Wine Access System. The Coravin is a game changer, allowing you to extract as little or as much wine from the bottle without removing the foil or the cork. As wine is poured from the bottle, inert argon replaces it, keeping the remaining wine inside absolutely pristine. That means you can drink the remaining wine in a week, month, or a year from now without any chance of oxidation or spoilage. The Coravin is the brainchild of a medical devices inventor who was tired of seeing delicious wine go bad because it wasn't consumed in one sitting. Today, it's the most important tool any wine enthusiast can own. The new Coravin Model 2 is available online at GrapeEncounters.com. Or if you're on California's Central Coast, you can see a demonstration or pick yours up at the Grape Encounters Emporium in Atascadero. Learn more about the Coravin at GrapeEncounters.com. He's back, and he's not alone. Your Grape Encounter continues with David Wilson and a little help from his friends. I've had too many bottles of wine. Maybe I'll sit here and rest for a while And then I'll be fine for my climb And we are back with more Grape Encounters. And if you found yourself in a room with 17 beautiful dancers and the world's most flamboyant winemaker with 700 revelers right outside your door, you could only be at Jean-Charles Boisset's Napa Gras. I love it. Jean-Charles, tell me what you think and tell me why you do the things that you do at these kinds of events where you have dancers and and how do you choose the kinds of entertainment that you have here at the Napa Gras and how does that complement the wine? Wine is part of our society and it's part of the essence of who we are and really takes the best out of us. The immediate correlation to wine is beauty, is sensuality, is talent, is movement, is electricity that those ladies can create. So how could you not in a winery bring rhythm, bring energy, bring a vortex of passion and bring those ladies with their magnetic force on that dance floor and take all of us to another dimension? Wine is multidimension. Femininity 
Beauty, beauty, music, sound, and rhythm, and passion is all beyond it. They both go together. So in those events, what is so much fun, in a charity night where we're going to raise again 18 to 20 million this year, probably, those ladies have been part of it because they create at the beginning of the year the energy for the year, and they bring all the greatest people in the wine world tonight into energy, rhythm, passion, and discover male or female into themselves who people are and inspire them. And you use the word inspiration. You've inspired me to so many other stories that we can write on stage. And Brooke Brooke is the most amazing producer there is. She gives us the best vintage every year. And there's no one like her who could create such a vintage which keeps escalating my senses. Wow. Thank you so much. Now, how did you and Brooke actually meet, John Charles? Well, this charming lady next to me. Yes. Jordan. And and who is this? I'm Jordan Howard. Nice to meet you. Nice Um, to meet you, Jordan. (laughs) So I work for Boise Collection. Um, I first came to Raymond about a year and a half ago, and I've always been very, very passionate about wine. And the moment I came into Raymond, I was just taken aback with every single room, every single experience, just the creativity, the passion, and I fell in love with this place. And I immediately just had visions of, and I'm actually very good friends with Brooke, ah. and I saw it all happening. I, I saw that coming to life, and I had a really ha- very happy moment that tonight, What's Brooklyn's Burlesque ever? performed. They were all amazing. It was wonderful. And just to see all of that come together and the passion, the energy and Jean Charles creativity was like a dream come true for me. So I'm happy that I was able to really kind of bring everything together and thank you. Awesome. All right. So uh, let's see. We have one of the Golden Girls here now. Oh, we have both the Golden Girls. Can we get um, you to share a microphone for a second? Now, on stage, a very daring act, I thought, and I I wanted to definitely have a chance to have you here. I think it was two years ago, Jean-Charles, you had the Chocolate Ladies. You know, last year we had those incredible Chocolate Ladies. One who was white chocolate, the other one who was dark chocolate, and one was white, the other one was dark. So it was perfect. And they ended up loving each other that night. So we we ended up with a 50% cacao, which was phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) So this year we said, well, what could we do in order to bring energy and radiation and really telluric forces to the entire environment? And we said, gold. Gold is it. So we came across those unbelievable talent you have seen tonight. They were amazing. They were moving. They were sensual. They brought energy to the room. And here they are. So let me ask you. And wh- there's still gold in okay. some parts yeah, of the They are a little gold, yeah. So, so tell gold. me tell me your names. Uh, my name is Natalie Ray. Natalie Ray and... My name's Ozell. Ozell. And uh, Jean-Charles, I just wondered, how does one become a Jean-Charles Boisset talent scout? Because uh, you know they, how to pick them, yes. They're so talented. They're so gorgeous. They know how to move. And they're very, very cool. The essence of everybody around this room is they're humble. They love what they that do. That is true. And they're extremely talented and passionate. And that's what makes those ladies... And I, you know, and I do want to say that what amazes me, and this is just a personal compliment to everybody here, is the beauty and tastefulness and the enormous amount of talent that we saw tonight. I mean, you're all athletes, you're performers, you're sensual, amazing, incredibly tasteful. I I don't think it could be any better than that. It is really in the Jean-Charles genre of how to do things right and take it right to the top, but not over the edge. Oh, and let me also explain 
explain for a second? So the two ladies that we have here, for those who aren't aware, they were wearing gold paint tonight. Have you done this painted before like that? Uh, yeah. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you both danced covered in paint. Have you done this at a winery before? Not at a winery. Not no, at a winery. No. And where do you come from exactly? Um, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm are you from Napa or are you I'm from? from Petaluma. Oh, Petaluma. Yeah, okay. Petaluma. Yes. But I do a lot of stuff like in the city, Bay Area. I'm a DJ, so I DJ and I dance and I'm a body paint model too. So I kind of incorporate everything into my performances. That is awesome. And how, and how about you? Um, I'm from originally Southern California, Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> um, I moved up here six years ago to go to school. And um, now I live in Oakland. Now, now, let me ask you if you were, and I, I hate to ask you with Jean-Charles in the room, but if you were asked to come back and do another Jean-Charles party, would you do that then? Of course. And you have absolute trust in Jean-Charles? Yeah, totally. You Very must have danced, what, for like four or five straight hours tonight, right? We had, uh, we had sets. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we danced for like 20 minutes. Well, thank you very much. I will tell you that I am, <laughs> I'm going home a much happier person than when I got here. Uh, I must simply say welcome. that between all the burlesque dancers and it was advertised as the Golden Girls were going to be here. And I was thinking, uh, Betty White and <laughs> Estelle Getty and, and Beatrice Arthur. But this was a real treat to find out that that wasn't, that wasn't the case. And uh, Jean-Charles, uh, microphone back to you for a second. Uh, how do you intend to one-up yourself next year? Oh, we have lots of ideas. Tonight, those ladies are, uh, you know, a vortex of inspiration. And I think they're going to be a volcano of ideas. So I cannot believe that the eruption will wait one year to happen. We'll do things much before the next year so we're going to invite a lot of you and obviously you David as always to come because I feel in the next few months we're going to do something else so this is the new Stay tuned. this is the new Boisse advisory board then that's it we're having our board meeting tonight <laughs> I really appreciate Jean Charles I appreciate coming here that is going to do it for Grape Encounters Radio You never know what part of the country or the world the Grape Encounters microphones will take you to. Don't miss a single experience. Your Grape Encounter isn't over. We're just taking a breather until next week's edition. Yeah.